Hello. Hi. Good morning. Um, How are you doing? Right, so it's official. My AirPods are not connected to my my computer. That's all right. Don't worry. Don't worry at all. As long as the laptop's up sort of close to you, then and I can hear you. As long as I hear you fine on on the screen, then it's all good. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. I can hear you loud and clear. How right. are you? Good. Uh, how's how's things with you? I'm really good. Um, it's been a busy morning. To be fair. Exciting. All in the zone. Good, good. Exciting times. Yeah, very exciting. Yesterday was an awesome day, um, and today is going to follow suit. Good, good. Uh, okay, guys, just to tell you a wee bit about Gail. Uh, Gail is my wife Tracy's best friend. So, as such, I've known Gail forever. Yep. Which is quite funny because both of us just mouthed on the screen forever there at the exact same time. Uh, so, yep, I've known Gail uh, forever. Uh, Gail McCrellis. So, obviously, I'll let you have the floor in just a wee second. But Gail has just very recently launched her new uh, coaching business, Gail Lively Coaching. Uh, and obviously, we're going to get into your history and, and how you get into coaching and stuff as we go on. But what to do is we'll start the podcast by you. Uh, you Just tell us a wee bit about you in general, really, and we'll kick it off with you. Okay. Um... Well, just a little bit about me, as you said, Tracy's my best friend, um, and well, I'm just thinking, so I'm married to Quentin, we've got a little boy called Ruben, um, and we're expecting another one on the way, so it's all very exciting at home. Um, yeah, we live near Glasgow, we don't live that far with you guys, yep. um, and I've like I lived around the corner from Tracy when we were little, so I came from Blantyre and spent pretty much my whole childhood living and hanging about Blantyre. <laughs> Which we should just add, there's absolutely nothing wrong with. Absolutely nothing wrong with it, especially when you know how to say it properly. And, 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 indeed, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you're, you're, currently, uh, you're currently a corporate coach at the mm -hmm. moment, uh, and obviously you're, you're You've started your new business and, and hoping that's going to, going to flourish. So just tell us a wee bit, before we even get into the different types of coaching and stuff that you're going to offer, tell us a wee bit about what you do in your day job at the minute and, and how coaching's a part of that. Okay, so... Well, I think it'd be good to tell you a wee bit just about um, well, my time in the bank. So I currently work in a bank full-time. Okay, yeah. um, I've worked there for 10 years, so it's quite a long time. Um, I really actually love um, the company. I work for Barclays, they're, they're really good. Um, and they've provided a lot of opportunities, including coming up to me eventually and like working in, as a coach. So for seven of the 10 years, I've worked in learning and development. Um, and I think, like I've always been someone who helps others, um, especially in, when it comes to learning and in particular learning new skills and personal growth. And it's just a natural um, like way of how I am. Yep. Um, so when the, the training specialist role came up, it seemed really fitting for me. So I um, did that for about three and a half years. And then we opened a new department and coaching was a um originally it was a capability coach which means we focus on 
a person's capabilities yep, rather yep. than just focusing on performance, okay. which is different. Um, performance more indicates like what the business needs are, um, capabilities about individually speaking to somebody and looking at, well, where is it you want to develop and where do you want to go? So it's a really positive environment. Um, so I went for that interview and was successful. So I've been in there for about three and a half years, coming on four. Okay. Um, and kidding. The, the journey to become a coach, completely different from being a trainer. Um, I think your main skills as a trainer, and I've, I must have coached, I must have trained, sorry, easily into a thousand plus people, um, easy. And you tell them what to do because you've got, like, obviously, working back, you've got processes, you've got systems, you've got ways of working that are tried and tested, and you go in and you tell them. Yep. However, when I became a coach, you you stop telling and you start asking, yep. and you expect answers from someone else, and you help someone else investigate what they think. Um, and that one is liberating in itself to see somebody make their own connections and make a path that they want to create. Um, but two, it was really hard to transition. So I would have used coaching throughout being a trainer to yeah. make sure that they understood the learning and so on and so forth. But actually to do that full time and break a habit <laughs> of just telling them the answer, it was really difficult. And that probably started my personal journey and we talked we talked about and we will talk about, about anxieties later on um because it was such a radical change from just how i had been my whole life and helping people yeah there's a whole different mentality a whole different mindset to be able to help people in that way um so yeah we like was trained up as a coach and and a mentor um and that was fantastic really insightful you do a lot of self-insight building like what who you are on the inside because that ultimately helps you understand others because you know how you interact and you then have a bigger appreciation for how they are yep. and how they might see the world and you know that everybody's different i know i know that people say that but to actually understand some of the background work behind it makes a big difference let me jump jump in there just a second one of the things that you've mentioned already which has sort of hit home with me, I notice a lot of this in sort of martial arts and sports. Sometimes people don't realise that there is a difference. I'll tell you what my difference is, and you can maybe shed some light on that. People don't realise there's a difference between uh, a, a coach or a trainer or an instructor. And what I mean by that is, is if you're a if you're the the if you're coaching the Olympic team, for example, you 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 already have. A, a, a team or a set of athletes there who are at the very sort of sharpest edge of the sport mm -hmm. and what you're doing is and you're and a lot of times there's an assumption there that they have all of the skills and what you're trying to do is just make them work at peak performance whereas if you're so that's what I would ha have had in my head as like a sporting or martial arts coach mm -hmm. but as an instructor uh, what I've looked to do and obviously continue to look to do is, is and I think this is what you're trying to say, is take people uh, maybe from like, the beginning of their journey to, to get them to that point. 
Is that is that right? Is there a distinction there? Well, there's definitely a distinction, and I think that, and obviously I'm looking at it from a learning and development area, and actually you could completely combine what you've said there being an instructor. Um, to be really successful in helping somebody like be or enable their own successes, whether that's going through um, like the grades in Taekwondo or like going through maybe the corporate ladder, for instance, or even breaking out into their own field, yep. um, you need to be able to assess the individual and then you need to put on different like hats of a learning and development world. So whether you become trainer, mentor, um, coach, like those kind of things all come in. Sometimes yep. you need to be the pal, right? Sometimes yep, yep, yep. you need to be a bit of love. Um, but you decide in a way you assess how they're behaving and what you think will be best for that individual at that time. Mm -hmm. I think that was really evident, I think, in some of your previous talks. Like for instance with Scott last that was the last one I heard. Yep. Um, and he said that he came back to Taekwondo and you were a big part of that. Mm -hmm. And it was because you appropriately matched what he needed at that time. You could have easily just been like, get yourself back in the class now. But you yeah. waited until he had his driver's license, you had been consistent with your messages, and then when he got it, that was the boost they needed. Yeah, yeah. And then he came back. Um, and it's it's very much that mentality. If you look at the books and the textbooks about what training is, what coaching is, you'll really see in particular old, I would call it old-fashioned, coaching is just asking questions. Yeah. But it's not feasible in this world anymore it's evolved so you need to be able to flex it um, and that's really where we as coaches or leaders or um, instructors like that's where we get our successes mm -hmm. by helping other people yep. but it, it's where they get their successes because they're following that their own path yep 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 uh, right so i want to very quickly get to to you and what you're doing now because uh, I think that's to me that's the more exciting thing uh, and, and it's happening now and it's about you and what you as an individual are going to start offering but give us a wee bit of uh, obviously you, you, you had Ruben and, and, and life's obviously changed being a mum and stuff but just over the last year or so what What's your wee sort of journey been like in coaching to get to this point? And then we can start talking about the exciting stuff that's happening now. Just to have a bit of background so that people know where, where you've, you've came from. I did say, I did mention that probably becoming a coach was a trigger point for me um, to a world I wasn't even really aware that existed within me. Um, and uh, I suppose leading up to maybe having a bit more awareness of having anxieties and how those, like how do I display my anxieties and things. So I'll tell you the story and you can jump in at any point, right? The floor's yours, go for it. Okay. Um, so 2017 is the year I got married. Um, brilliant, absolute amazing day, best day ever. Um, and obviously you know, you know what goes into planning a wedding and all the rest of it. So you're up. Um, and you're just on like cloud nine and we were on cloud nine like throughout the wedding 
we went on honeymoon. We went to like a lovely honeymoon. I'd never been long haul, so we went to Bali and Dubai, and that was just out of this world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was still on a high, even when I come back. And the wedding blues I've heard of, I'm not sure if anyone else has heard of them, um, but it's usually the come down because you've nothing really to plan. Well, that didn't happen to me okay. because I got my job whilst I was away. <laughs> so I got my coaching job. Um, so I was called, when I came back from my honeymoon, I had that to look forward to. And then me and my husband planned a trip to America. And I'd never been to America either because I'd never done long haul until yep. honeymoon. Yep, yep. Um, and we planned to go three different places to see our best friends who lived over there. So we went to Richmond, we went to Washington, we went to New York. So big places that I've always wanted to go and I was getting to tick them off my list. So I came back in May, started this wonderful new job, which required a totally different mindset um, and a totally different skill set <laughs> from what I was really, really comfortable in using. Um, and then I started my coaching training, which was a year-long course, um, and that really asked me to not only learn the technical skills of being a coach, but really do a lot of internal work, self-discovery, um, and you did essays on it and reflection essays, and it, it was full on. Yep, yep. But in the mix of that, I know this big holiday's coming, we go on holiday to America in the new year. So spent new year over in Washington with my friends, Phenomenal time, brilliant. And then I come home. I knew there was a buck coming here. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I came home. And I just think that was me getting what I would have maybe thought was the wedding blues. I was just left with, I had a lovely house, I had a lovely husband, I'd had an amazing 2017. I basically introduced 2018 on such a high when I come home, we didn't have any plans to go away again. Like there was no career progression for me because I had now progressed. Yep, yep. Um, and I was in a job that really, really mattered to me. And it, the change that that caused was like really, it really like honed in for me the fact I found it really hard not to tell people things and not to challenge them. And that was a specific area that I found hard was challenging somebody else's beliefs. It just didn't sit with me. But I couldn't understand why I felt like I wasn't doing my job as effectively as I could. Or I couldn't understand when I did do my job, when I found it difficult, like you could hear it in my voice if I was going to challenge somebody. And two, after it, I would be in a, like a, a tizzy about it. I would worry about it. I would think about it. I would. I would be in knots about it. So that was all in January. And I just thought, what in the world is going on? And for anybody listening, I know that a lot of your listeners won't particularly know me, but I'm not really that kind of person in respects. I'm, I'm really energetic. I'm always on the go. I can talk to absolutely anybody and I can talk to groups of people and yep. it just doesn't bother me. But... I, I'll concur on every single <laughs> Actually, in January of 2018, I really found it hard to find my voice. And that was just something totally alien. Um, and this is maybe where some of my own personal skills come into play. I mentioned there about really starting to think about things and maybe overanalyzing it. I was able 
to reflect on the practice of what was happening. Yep, so yep. I used my reflective skills from coaching to do a bit of self-work. And that's, that's actually a hard skill to master mm -hmm. because it's not about being tied in and not just consumed by what you're worried about. It's about looking at it objectively. People find it hard to be objective about themselves. Just to... Uh... I've, I've took a wee note here. I generally take wee notes when, when people are talking on the podcast. And uh, I think this is obviously more common. People, are people, do you get to a stage where you had, okay, we're using your, uh, the, the wedding and the, the honeymoon and the big holiday uh, and the new job and you've just been promoted or, or moved into this new dream position. Again, let me relate it back. That could be for an athlete or, or whatever. You've won, you've won the world title and then you wake up the next morning and you think... What now? Yeah. That surely must be a, a, a driver behind people's anxiety or uh, just sort of dropping into that more negative, nervous mindset. Is that what you're saying had happened, just to be sort of crystal clear on that? You kind of... You'd arrived. I achieved absolutely everything that I had wanted to, other than having my own business. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't even in my, like, I've always wanted to have my own business, but, like, I was comfortable being in a corporate environment, so I hadn't really thought about that, so that was, didn't even enter my head. Yeah. I had achieved everything that I had bought my own house. I had met the man of my dreams. I had a great family and friends relationships, and I had the job that I was looking for. So all of a sudden, and it, it's silly, and so silly actually, it's perfectly understandable. Yep. And like I had been driving and working and fighting for like ever. 10 years I've been in Barclays and seven years I've been in learning development. So, so three and a half years ago, I didn't have, like I just, I, I all of a sudden didn't need to work it. Like I'd not that I didn't need to work because I needed to hone my skills as a coach. But that was what was the issue because I found it so hard and I wasn't used to that part. If I was one of the, if, so I've known you sort of well since you were 17, give or take, 18, probably know. before that. No, I went to Tracy's tournaments with you. Of course you did. 12 or something. 13. Right, so the best, what's that, 20 odd years? Yeah. Right, you've always been, if I was looking to describe you, uh, You've always been like a, an active go-getter. You've always been like a, if, and again, obviously I've never been in a work environment with you, but I, I just know that you're the one that's like, I'll do that and I'll, I'll try really hard and, and I'll take on this extra job and I'll try and get ahead and I'll try and... Mm -hmm. So I, I hear exactly what you're saying, that it's been this continuous build up and really, really working hard and chasing your dreams. And then you got your dream and then, you're like, what now? Yeah, yeah. And you just, it's, it's, it's a bolt. It just happens. Yeah. Right, so. You said there, what now? So, what now? What happened then? Um, so, actually, something I wasn't expecting happened. I kind of spiralled a wee bit out of control in a way. So, I couldn't regulate my emotions. Right, right. I, I couldn't pull myself out, like, of just being excessively worried about everything I was so as much so I knew something was wrong I used the reflective practice 
to kind of think of what's happening. And I managed to kind of like muster up in my head, you're really worried about absolutely everything. So now this is where it's a blessing that I'm able to talk to people. I didn't, I found it very hard. I had spoken to my boss and I think I spoke to him about four times and I just, all I could say, I am not 100%. So only sentence I could tell anybody that I wasn't quite myself and I didn't feel right. Now, obviously my husband lives with me, he, he knew a bit more, yeah. but nobody knew what was, I suppose, what was going on internally. And to the outside world, very few people working in a new environment who didn't really know my previous ways, yeah. they didn't really know that there was something wrong. But things like, um, I remember a, a colleague speaking to me about some of the challenges that we're facing. And it was me and a more experienced coach. I was like, me, they were mentoring me. So I was kind of learning from them. Yeah. And this girl was talking about her dad's passing. My dad passed away when I was 18. And that was a life-changing moment, as you can imagine, right? Now, I'm, I'm what, 30, 31 at this point. So it's a long time since my dad's passed. But her telling me that made me cry. Now, I don't, I'm an emotional person. I feel um, like I'm one of those people that can watch a cartoon and like John Lewis at Christmas and be pure emotion, right? Yeah. But at work, I'm not. I'm very composed because I'm there setting an example and I'm there leading people. I actually had to walk away from the conversation because I was emotional about it. So me knowing me was like, what is going on here? Yeah. And the mentor came to get me and she was a coach and an experienced coach at that. So she, as soon as she knew, she was like talking me through it. Um, but apart from my boss knowing that I wasn't quite a hundred percent, and he was good at saying, like, I knew he was there for me. Mm -hmm. Like he was ready to talk when I was ready to talk. He knew I couldn't quite talk about it yet. And he pointed me in the direction of some of the um, like Scott mentioned that like big companies have like external help that you can go and you can speak to people. Yeah. And I wasn't ready for that because I couldn't even tell somebody that I knew my boss, right? Yeah. Um, and eventually it was my sister. She came in and I got my, um, I studied NLP. Is that right? Yeah, I think, yeah, this is, this is how I remember it anyway. I was studying NLP. I got uh, qualified and then I got my certificate in the post okay. and my niece said Auntie Gailey what's that and I said this proves Auntie Gailey's a really clever girl okay. and then I right. I never in my life said I was clever right I've never really felt particularly clever I'm not particularly academic in any way since she was born and Claire my sister kind of was like What's going on with you? Yeah. <laughs> Not she say that because she doesn't speak like that, but that's what her essence was. I know, I understand, yep, yep. Um, but I, I just, I just cried and I was like, I don't really know. Now, as much as at that point Claire didn't know the stuff about work and all the rest of it, I decided that because I had kind of broke breath to my sister and said things weren't right, I went back to my boss and I also went to the doctors and I just said, I think there's some things I would like to deal with. Um, I need to talk to somebody. And what I think had came out um, was things from my past, from my childhood, that prevented me from 
doing things like challenging people's views now. So those things that happened in my childhood, I was brought up to really abide by the rules of my family. Yep, yep. And I was the youngest in my family, like forever. Mm-hmm. So actually, I looked at everybody else to tell me what to do. Yep. Now, and then when I was doing my training job, I was telling people what to do. I didn't really need to, I mean, I would question things if I wasn't quite sure about them or if I thought it didn't quite fit in with a program. Like, so that you could look at that like challenging. But it wasn't, wasn't like me saying, Kareem, you have a belief in, um, like, I don't know, like Starbucks is the best Starbucks and it's the best coffee shop in the world. I've got out Starbucks this week. I'll be, I'll be back with them next week, but I'm trying my hardest not to give in. But yeah, I've fallen out of them. Carry on. Um, we really want to catch up about that. But yeah, and then me actually, and this is your sole belief, right? And then me coming in and going like that. Like, why? Just like, and like almost, and when, I, when you ask certain questions and you can be some really like quite tough on certain people because that's what they need to stimulate the change in thought process. Yeah. I couldn't do that because I wasn't, like my beliefs inside, it was against my moral standards, it was against my values to do that because yeah. I was so used to looking at others to know what to do. Um, why, is it, why is one of those, why is the question? Uh, it's probably, I'm trying to think of a more challenging question now, see if, if something if, th- if something's challenged, then it generally leads to progression. So, and and obviously, it leads to you achieving more, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that one question can it, it's probably the most challenging question to a lot of people. Why people can't answer why? Well, they get defensive about it. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't. I mean, sometimes it helps, and most of the time it doesn't. Um. So you do, that's what I mean, like you wouldn't maybe ask straight out, why do you think that, right? It's what maybe you would answer to that question that would help you to progress. Yes. Um, but for me, I knew that I just wanted to have a look at some of the stuff from my childhood and wanted to say, I want to have a look at that and see how do I stop doing it. Because another, another thing that was really bothering me was I had kind of lost my get up and go. Mm-hmm. So there was like mornings where I would then walk out of bed, like, and that's like that's not common knowledge or anything, but definitely there. There I was, know. As, uh, I know, right? But I don't need to be now. Like, yeah. you do things when you're ready, and I wasn't ready at that time to tell my friends or tell my family that this was going on. But now I can go back and say, well, I've been through it, and I'm like I can help other people from that experience. Yeah. There were days where I was walking, like, so I get the train to work. And I would leave the train station at Anderson and cry on the way into my office. And I was just like, what is, and I, I t- and the conscious part of my brain was just like, what is going on? It was just such, so far removed from me. And it wasn't until I was able to have that conversation with my boss and just say, I just need to speak to somebody. And he put me in touch with the right people. Um, and this is something else that's really interesting, or I find that interesting. I hadn't realised how much anxiety had affected me until after my, like, or whilst I was going through therapy. Um, but I remember, like, I've always been quite a, a fit person. I love fitness. Like, I go through phases, um, like, I do I go through phases where I'm really into it and then I'm not so into it. 
but overall I, I love watching like sports I love like martial arts uh, yoga dancing the gym like in particular of the gym and I remember on so many occasions walking into the gym I got myself a PT um, and if I went to her I could do the gym yeah but if I had to go myself I would check out yeah. and I would just go yeah um, and then, then the anxiety, like I remember booking myself in for a class and I was a couple of minutes late for the class. And like, if I had been in that class and I had saw somebody hovering at the door, I would never judge them, right? Again, like, I know that for a fact. If anything, I'd have been like, come on, get in, yep, right? Yep. So I knew that, like now I know, those people probably, one probably didn't even see me because they were like working out. And there was only a couple of minutes and it wasn't as if, they were in the midst of their class. I could have easily picked up a mat and went and joined them. And I just totally stayed straight. Upstairs, changed back at the door. Totally, totally unlike me. Um, I think that, and then another thing I mentioned earlier on is always been on the go. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. Like, what, like Tracy and the girls would tell you, they would text me and I'd have been in from half seven and I'd still be there at half seven at night when I was training. Yeah. Um, and to a lot of people that might have looked like dedication, hard work, it could have been lack of organisation, lack of boundaries, which probably more likely, right? Um, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, but actually, I was really no well when I worked as a trainer. Like I, I, I constantly had like viral infections and really run down and it's because I wasn't looking after myself and I didn't know that, didn't know how important it was to slow down and that's what coaching did. It slowed me down. It made gave me more time to consider well me as a person. And then that was when I suppose anxieties and things bubbled to the surface. Yeah. And I went through it was AXA, we worked with AXA, and we went through those people. And when they questioned me on the questions Like, how do you feel about this? And like on a scale of one to 10 and like, I, I found it so hard to actually break through my own like judgment to be able to say, I need a bit of help here. It was so difficult. Scott touched on it as well around like whether you feel integrated or like, um, that's not the word. Interrogated, yeah. Yeah, or whatever. And you don't have a relationship with this person. So if I can't tell my sister who's been with me my whole life and really is like my best buddy, my best friends, and I can tell her anything, how am I going to tell this random sitting on the phone? Some people would find that easier. Yeah. But for me, I found it against what I, what I knew. Okay. A couple of things. And as I say, I, I, I note things down. I try my best not to come on any of the podcast with questions because I want to just do them like... And that's what I want it to be. Uh, but I do take notes. And where I want us to move on to next is the list of, uh, like you mentioned LLP, uh, NLP earlier on, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that soon. So what I want to do is, is, is list the skills that you have, have gained and qualified in and, and are now going to offer in your new business. But before we get to that, Couple of wee bits is what I've wrote down here. You, and again, this isn't about sort of uh, maybe as Kareem sort of uh, 
opening up a wee bit. Certainly not. It's not about, oh, everyone have sympathy for Gail and everybody have sympathy for Kareem. But where I relate to you a lot, and I see it because I see it, as I say, you've been my wife's best friend forever. Uh, and I'm obviously in those circles with you all the time. But you're the person like me, I think, or I would like to think, that makes sure that everybody else is all right. And I, I want to touch on that because I think there's lots of people like that. And sometimes you wake up and you think, I'm actually not all right. And you don't know how to deal with it and, and you don't know where to turn. I was hearing a lot of that. And again, I'm only mentioning that because people don't know you, obviously, as personally as what I do. But that I want to really stress that. that and that will lead me into my next wee point. I want to stress that Gail is... Uh, everybody's sort of saviour type thing like and I see it I see it all the time and and, and I've obviously you know, I hear about things and blah 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 but Gail's there for person A and then person B and she's running away to do something for person C and, and that that's going on all the time uh, but you do wake up sometimes and you think uh, I need where, where's I, I, need, I need something right now and, and, and that's difficult and then the next wee bit I wrote down, which I've kind of touched on there, was the sort of style of friend that you are and that you are all in for everybody. Uh, I think that, and maybe we'll touch on that in a wee second, but I think having that attitude myself makes me a better instructor. I don't have an off switch. And I think, and maybe you'll agree in a wee second, but I think that is what will make you really successful with Gail lively coaching sometimes you, you sometimes you it's just the person that you are like you're answering text messages at 11 o'clock at night because you just want to make sure that that person knows that they've got their taekwondo uniform or you're up at seven o'clock and you're doing this and that that to me is what i've always seen in you uh, and for what you're telling me it just sounds as if you you maybe quickly or slowly, I don't really know, realise that actually I need a bit of help here. Is, is that accurate? I would definitely say that's accurate. Um, it's funny when you said about always being there for like so many of my friends. Um, and what that actually means is that they would have been there for me. A hundred percent. Without doubt, I could have spoken to, like, I could have spoken to Tracy Easy. Right, like I could have spoken to Leslie or Jenna or Laura, like my best pal Kelly, like they would all have sat down and listened and they would all have helped some way, shape or form. Yeah. But the point, and I think this is where there's a lot of good work being done to help people talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, so um, I work with a lady called Maggie and she actually did the NLP course before me and she was the person that said it actually changed my life. And I said, well, that's interesting because I could really do the, like, doing some work. And this was before the January because I had started to do the internal work already and I was starting to, um, so when you asked me if it was quick or slow that I came to this realisation, it was a slow burner. It took time before it hit me. Okay. Um, but when it hit me, it hit me like a, like a brick. Um, and I said to her, well, like, you've done your skills and why don't we do some work? Like, I, how do you describe it? We were doing sessions and I was trying to go to the deeper places that NLP asked you to go to 
like put some of this stuff to bed, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, Kareem, I physically couldn't say the words. Yeah. Every time, it didn't matter how I tried to put it, like if I was trying to be diplomatic, if I was trying to be blunt, if I was just trying to ease my way in. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, and that's, again, not me. Like, um, it felt like a physical restraint to try and say that. And what Maggie was talked me through, and, and I mean, like it wasn't the only thing we talked about in the session, so the session was definitely useful. Um, but she was basically saying, we might be too close, like to have this discussion, yeah. especially because we work together and we've been friends for years and years, right? Um, so I thought, by the time I got to that January, and it wasn't January that I eventually went to get help, it was a, like probably March time or something, maybe February. So I had sat with this overwhelming worry, upset, stress for all that time, not really knowing who to go to or where it was hurting. And then that was when eventually I spoke to the people um, that could put me in touch with a psychotherapist. Yeah. And that's what I did. And the, like across my journey, doing my NLP, um, actually, do you know what I, like, I don't even think it was as early as the March, do you know that? Because I was pregnant when I was seeing my psychotherapist. Right, okay. I had my baby in July last year, so that means it must have been, my first session was in December. Right, okay. So that, right. Like that's me just thinking about it now. Yep. And that's why I actually did have my NLP certificate because I did my, my certificate in, November, uh, in October and then it came to me. Okay. And that was why, that's, that's where it is. So I've sat with that for the good part of a year. Yeah. Um, and I've never even made that connection until today, but the NLP course in itself, and you talked about the skills I've learned, was absolutely mind blown. Right. Okay. Pause. Let's, let's, let's get into that then. So, uh, for uh, for Gail Lively Coaching, we have coach, mentor, NLP practitioner. I'm going to give this a go, and then you can correct me, which is neuro linguistic programming. Yes, well right. done. Okay, so uh, she NLP. <laughs> indeed. Uh, so let me do it one more time. Neuro linguistic programming. Neuro linguistic programming. Okay. Talk to, us a wee bit, talk to us a wee bit about that and, and what it is and what it does. And then the, the other sort of skills that you're bringing along into your new business uh, and your new service that you're offering people. And then that'll, and then we can talk about just this last sort of wee few months about how you've, you've finally got to this point and you're ready, ready to launch. And well, it all ties in. Um, the NLP course I had wanted to do for a long time um, from when I was a trainer I knew how it could help me like access um, people's learning styles um, but didn't really get around to it until I was a coach and in that environment I did it with um, Scottish Centre of NLP and the guys were absolutely fab but you basically you practice the skills with the other people in the room mm -hmm. so and you make lifelong bonds with those people because they like if you're brave enough then you you actually go into the stuff you want to work on yeah. I paid for this course so I thought to myself well I am going to look at some of that dark stuff 
um, before I did the therapy thing, because it was October and I never did the therapy until December, um, and see if I can put some of it to bed. So you work on, like, so if you and me were in the course, I would take you through some of the um, like experiences and then you would do it for me. Okay, yep, yep. Make sure that you know what it feels like to go through it, but also you get to experience what it's like to lead somebody through it um, and actually just support them and help them make those new ways. So, um, and we did some really powerful work. And I, Maggie had said it was going to be life-changing, or she found it life-changing. I don't think I realised what that meant. Okay. But it, it was life changing. So, um, two particular um, experiences one called Sanctuary, and it was beautiful. And it caused me so much upset to get to the point to have my breakthrough. Um, but was beautiful, like absolutely lovely. And the respect, I acknowledged what was maybe. Like, I don't like saying the sentence broken because I don't really think we are broken. Um, and that also was mirrored in what the coaches and the leaders of the course said. But it was just an area that was buried and hidden and I didn't know that I was upset by it. Yeah. And I've got to take that and then heal it. Um, and then another one um, a few days later, and you, again, it's the best way to put it is healing, healing some of the things that really hurt that you don't think about on a day-to-day -day basis, but are a hundred percent in your subconscious and dictates how you behave today. So it takes a lot of effort. It doesn't take effort, right? Because the way that it's designed is to actually make it as effortless as possible. But depending on how you react to that is maybe where the effort comes in. Yep. Um, and I worked with a woman called Mags on it. Um, and she just, like she got um, the leader Brian involved because she wasn't quite sure she was equipped to take it to the next step. Remember, this person's first time they've ever done it. Yep. Um, and I'm going, I just went all barrels in, right? Yep. And actually, you do a demonstration. Right. Um, like the leaders had a demonstration with a, with a member of the team and I had put my hand up and as soon as they asked me like don't, don't, you don't go into detail right so that's something else if you're in therapy you can discuss specifically the, the things that happened yep. right and you go into detail but NLP is not about that it allows you to consider it but then helps you like as I said like kind of heal it and move on from it which is, which is a, a nice it's a nice way to be because you don't want to traumatise somebody that's been through trauma by making them relive it. Right, so let, let's be, I want to be really, really specific here as to what you're offering, right? So give me, and I'm, I'm not asking us to do this live on the podcast, but uh, what, okay, uh, let, let me take it back to a sort of more physical sense. Someone came to me and said, uh, I want to improve the flexibility in my hamstrings, right? Right. I could... I, I will go through a range of exercises and movements and, and actual physical steps. And, and I could say, right, this is stage one, this is stage two, this is stage three, and then we'll see how your flexibility is coming on, move you on. So I come to you, I come to Gail Lively Coaching, right, with a problem. So you, you can tell me, and again, this is just all uh, 
pretend, but if I had, okay, let, let, let's use grief. I had suffered a, a loss in the family and I came to you to help. Is that, is, that might be something that you can't. The life change, isn't it? Right. I think that's really what Gail Lively is going to be looking at with people um, when they either want to instill change or have been through change in some description and are trying to find um, like how do they now cope with that? Okay, now, so what does NLP specifically do? What, what, what's the sort of stages so, of the... So you, you don't go through a... There's not a process. Right, okay. It's lots and lots of different techniques right. that you can use and actually so is the coaching. Right. They're That's just differently right. wired. Yeah. Um, and you use them... You'll use them um, like in synergy or you'll use them separ separately. Okay. Um, but what... Like for instance, the grief aspect or anybody that's coming to me with some form of change and they're trying to uh, find their new ways well, we're going to have well, a conversation to start that doesn't include anything like of like models or techniques or none of that we're basically going to do what me and you're doing just now okay. but in that time I will help them determine what are they looking for yep. um, like for grief for instance you have to make sure that they've actually had some time to grieve. You can't just you can't just fix that straight away. Uh -huh. You need a space, a bit of time, um, and then, like, if they're looking out of that, they're looking to feel better. Yep. Then we would start our work. Um, Gail Lively coaching will be helping uh, specifically aimed at women. Being a woman, being through that journey, feel that like that's where I'm going to be able to provide the most help and support. Um, but we're going to have a look at what, where do your beliefs come from? What is your values? Do you know who you are? Um, how do we help you achieve your goals? Whether that's to be more happy, whether that's um, to have more me time, whether it's to be promoted, whether it's to open your own business, like whatever those things are that you want to do. And then we're going to take those things, what's preventing you from doing them? And that's really where your NLP will come in because the questions from coaching will get to a point and then what we'll do is we'll find out what's the root cause and the NLP is the root cause part what's mm -hmm. causing this um and the neuro bits obviously relating to it somewhere back there in the brain so the way neuro-linguistic programming is neuro is a brain right yeah. obviously, not obviously but that is a brain how the brain yeah. works linguistic is the language that person uses internally and externally the language we use shapes how we see the world and events that happen um, programming is how it's all wired together <laughs> like it's maybe the best way it is a almost an analogy of how is your mind programmed how does it use this language how does all of those things end up being your vision of the world by understanding those aspects of an individual we can help create new patterns right so it's not even like i, I kind of said like NLP for me gave me um, peace. So, like, even from today, I've talked and talked and talked, but that happens in my head all the time. So, I've got a lot of internal chatter, and it's not always like negative. Sometimes I'll really conversations, and there's lots of people out there that I know are the same. I don't know. Are you like that? Like, do you have a monologue? Yeah, this is this is a point I want you to raise here because I actually think it's important, and it's why. It's why I've got you on the podcast. It's why the martial focus, I deliberately called the podcast that because obviously I'm, 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 I'm uh, 
the episode that's going out today, me and Gail are talking just now on Saturday morning. Uh, your episode will go out at the end of this week coming. Uh, but we've got Stevie Nisbet, who's a, who's a Muay Thai coach, a Thai boxing coach and gym owner. Uh, I wanted to do the, the physical sort of martial arts type stuff, but I'm hugely interested in the focus bit being on mind coaching or NLP coaching uh, and, and, and just generally things like that and just people's experiences. So this is, the, this is one of the questions and that I've kind of formulated as I'm, I'm talking to you. Yes, I definitely do that to answer your question first. If I use myself and Tracy's sort of, not, not relationship, but the differences in us, uh, thinking to me is, is, is kind of like a hobby. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think, and, and we'll obviously have discussions and there's obviously things that, that, that Tracy will think deeply about, but I enjoy thinking. So I actually go out my road to, and sometimes I think I'm, I'm it's not common what I do, but I'll, listen to a podcast that somebody else has done or the, the talk we're having about you, our conversation today will fill my brain for the rest of the day. And what right. do you mean about this? And I wonder if I could explore that. And whereas some people might listen to it and take the information in and enjoy the chat and then not think about it for the rest of the day. But I actually go out my way and this causes problems because I then think too much and that can then lead to anxiety in me and, and, and worry, et cetera, et cetera. But I actually enjoy the process of thinking. I think I enjoy it as well. It's, I'm laughing because it's so closely related. So I was preempting this conversation like yesterday when yeah. I was thinking about what are we going to talk about? I was imagining like, what are you going to ask me? How am I going to answer it? And I find myself chatting away. Quentin's out cutting the grass and he's making the like, the wee symbol like as if somebody's talking with his hand because he can yeah. see me. I'm not even just doing it internally. I'm actually mouthing the words. Totally oblivious to it. Um, but I am very much the same. And what NLP did for me was silence that internal chatter. So see when you've said um, sometimes it causes problems because you get like into the point where you've thought about it too much. Yeah. You start maybe building a bit of anxiety in there and you start worrying maybe, oh, should I maybe not said that? Should I have said it this way? Blah, blah, blah. Right, that's... I, it's easy for any individual to get to that point. Yeah. And I think that's where I was coming in with the reflection stuff. So NLP enabled me to silence that. So I speak to my husband about it and he says he doesn't really have an internal monologue. He, yeah. think, he thinks about things, but he certainly doesn't have the conversation really in his head. Yeah. Um, and I found that fascinating. I was absolutely amazed. Well, I find it fascinating with my wife, as you're finding it fascinating with your husband, and it's maybe opposites attract, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. Uh, the question that I'd, I'd actually, as I said, I'd wrote down there, and this is one of my, uh, my devil's advocate questions, right? Uh, I see the benefit, and I see the benefit because I'm this thinker, that's where I was going with that, so I am a deep thinker, and I definitely see the I, I, I'm, I'm all in on mind coaching. On, I use the mind coach. Uh, I use Vinnie Shorman, who's one of the sort of... Mm -hmm. uh, I, follow, I think I follow him because you've you followed him. So he's one of the sort of top, top mind coaches. Uh, 
and obviously his fee reflects that. And I didn't mind one penny of it leading up to testing for, for my grading last year because uh, I'm all in on that. So I, I believe in it. I believe in mindfulness, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But here comes the devil's advocate question, right? So I've gave you my position that I'm fully on board. Uh, why do people need more coaching nowadays? Are we weaker now? Uh, or is it just that it's more available? Or in the past, were people in touch with their thoughts and feelings, but they, they didn't maybe have a, 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 as much availability for coaching and stuff now? Or did they just put it to the back of their minds? Because the reason why I'm asking this is, is I think this is one of the areas that people need to get over. Because I think people... It's dead easy. I bet you half the people that say, uh, oh, why, why, why do you need that? Might possibly need it themselves, but they're too scared of this taboo or, or do you know what I mean? That they're weak. And they're so so why, 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 why are all these people needing all this coaching and stuff nowadays? Or have they always needed it? I would probably say, um, I'm just thinking, that I'll be honest, what I thought was, I don't know if they do need it but I know that they would benefit from it. Interesting, right, okay, yep. So if you're happy with the way your life is and you're content and nothing's really bugging you, then grand, right? Yep, yep. Um, but after I went through my coaching as an individual and my therapy, it's been the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. And I have a growth mindset anyway and a positive mindset anyway, and I'm a genuinely like happy and energetic person normally. Um, like the coaching, the um, therapy, all of that helped me amplify those aspects and also made it okay for me to not be energetic and not be lively. And that doesn't mean that I was sad in any manner. It means, and see, if I was sad, that was all right. I didn't beat myself up about it. I think. Um, why do we need it more? Like, as I said, maybe not need, but it's always been there. Like you talked about the athletes, right? You wouldn't think twice of a top athlete having a coach to help them achieve the goals that they're setting. Yeah. Um, the coach, I mean, I watched the last dance, we watched the last episode, like last night. Yeah. And that team would never have been that team without their coach. Yeah, that's right. Right? Michael Jordan has an amazing, amazing talent. Like, that is totally undeniable, right? And totally just phenomenal. I loved them when I was younger, thought the programme was brilliant. But the coach, which was interesting, he flexed his style appropriately to his players. Yes. So, um, I'm not great with names. Who's the guy with the multicoloured hair? Dennis Rodman. Rodman, right? So, he was a bit of a, a wild card. Yep, yep. He would go and take himself off and do crazy things. Yep. And his coach was always cool, calm and collected. And yep. he said, um, spot on, he said to the media, he's not taking our focus off of what we're trying to achieve. He's taking your focus off of it. Yep. And I was like, that's spot on. Because that coach is helping him do what he needs to do to be the best he can be. Yeah. And I, I, so it's all, coaching's always been there. Like, literally forever and even if it wasn't classified as a coach I'm doing it in inverted commas um people always gave guidance and words of wisdom and there was people that helped create thought and nowadays in a world that is so busy so accessible 
Yeah. You find it hard to, most people find it hard to slow down or switch off. Right, so I mentioned about working 77, or so I have 77, um, and not having those boundaries. You've said you're always there for your, your friends and your family and, and your, um, like your school. So you might be texting at half 11 at night. Yeah. And I was like, well, I needed that boundary to know when my home time was and when my work time was. Um, and sometimes the blur the edges, but without having the ability to be a bit more mindful, of being a bit more in the moment, yep. I was losing out time with my family. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's what other people don't have. And see, um, you and um, KP. Yep, Christine, yeah. Christine, you spoke about it really eloquently. People think mindfulness is fluffy. And often that's the people that think they probably need it the most. Yeah, <laughs> The reason they think it's fluffy or not, not um, maybe making a brushing statement, right? I'm, I'm great at them. Don't worry, carry on. I just think to myself, it's hard to do nothing. Nothing. Again, in inverted commas. Yeah. It's hard to sit, be still, and not let things like an itch in your arm annoy you. Yeah. Right? It's hard to be in the moment because we are so used to being on the move. Yeah. Now, mindfulness doesn't need to be like that. It doesn't need to be static and still you can do walking mindfulness yeah. and that was i did a post the other day about my morning walk and i really try and focus on what's around me and the sensations that i'm feeling and seeing and hearing um, and that's a great way for me because some of my anxieties are displayed in energy yeah. so if that's the case i maybe need to get a wee bit of movement on yeah, so yeah. that's like like your students coming to school um they have the consistency and i think that's such an important part of a like comforting and friendly environment like that you've created for them they know they feel safe there and they focus on what they are doing it's a mindfulness practice because like scott mentioned about him maybe getting a bit sidetracked and a bit over analytical about it um about doing his like he'd be thinking about what he should have done better the last time and maybe yep. getting hit in the face right yep, yep. Um, that is him not being specifically mindful in the moment but what he does get from it is then he, he noticed that and he's starting to do it. He just comes into class and he, said he never leaves these problems at the door, right? We're all the same. Like, or not all the same, that's not right. But like for me, it was yoga and I still do yoga at the moment. And I was thinking to myself, how do people think yoga's relaxing? It's blooming hard. Where's the peace in the zen when you're trying to like, move your body, breathe, hold positions that are just not like your natural way. Yep. Actually, me zoning into what the teacher's saying and really focusing on making my arm that like length and stretching through my body whilst maintaining my breath is my mindfulness practice. Yeah. It gives me focus on the moment and that's not easily accessible if you're not conscious of it, if you're not mindful of it. What, as, as you know, doing what one of my most mindfulness or one of my favorite mindfulness practices, and I mention this in class sometimes, and people I need to then go and explain it is actually hitting a bag. Mm-hmm. That, that, that I, I, I can disappear really sort of into myself with that just with the thud, 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 thud. Uh, and that's the complete opposite, especially if you start throwing kicks and there's the the bang off the bag, uh, that's complete opposite from what people think that it's all about. It's about sitting with your legs crossed, mm. humming and, and all of this, and it's, it's, it's not. 
and it's there's a place for that right like if, if that's what like and that's why I said like today I was a bit nervous about doing this down south because I'm a talker but um I had to go and find like my happy place internally and just calm down so calming down for me was taking the time out to be quiet so in that respect if you wanted a stereotypical image you could imagine cross legs humming right yep, yep, yep. but just on you know, I think it was Wednesday the house was roasting I knew I had a busy day at work ahead of me and I just had to get out for 20 minutes half an hour to go walk yep. because I had that energy and I wanted to work it off um, but it's definitely a skill and it's not that coaching is all about just being mindful but it it creates the focus that you're talking about. Yeah. It helps you gain clarity. And if you're going to look at, I want a change. I'm dissatisfied with something. So many people come in and don't really know what they're dissatisfied with. They come in with something that they think it is. And when I do the work with them, they realize it's something totally different. And sometimes that's the beauty of it. Yep. Let's say, let's move on to the actual new business that you're launching in the actual service. One of the things that we've talked about, and then I'm going to lean sort of thought on this, uh, was the fact that you said to me, look, I'll never ever turn a man away, but I'm going to focus on female clients, right? And then I went away and I thought about that. I'm always, and again, I'm saying this, this isn't a reflection on, on, on you, but this is Kareem's pers personal opinion. Uh, I see it as a compliment. Some other people might not. I'm always, if I look at my own female students or, or obviously my own wife or, or any, or you or, or any female that I'm close to or, or see regularly, I'm always super impressed by women. I, I look at my, my, my students who are mums and, and I know, listen, I, I, I like to think I do a good job of helping to raise my own son, etc. <laughs> but I'm not his mother. Uh, and again, people say, you can't say that, that's sexist, blah, blah, blah. This is just my personal opinion, right? I look at my female students who are some of the hardest workers in my classes, and I know that they have full-time jobs and they're maybe, you're actually going to, I'm describing you at the minute, I just realised, full-time jobs, uh, they've got two or three children and they're trying to maintain a household and, and et cetera, et cetera. And then they're still able to come to class and they work so hard, two and three classes a week. And, and I'll, I'm always really impressed by that. Uh, so I thought to myself, do you know, there is actual, I think that there is, I'll use the word more or different, whatever way you want to look at it, stresses still today on females. And another thing, Tracy's actually going to do one of the podcasts with me and we're going to talk about social media and stuff and, 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 and pressures that come. I, I know because I, I live with someone who likes to train hard and as, as a female, she trains super hard and she's confident enough that her hair's all plastered to her head and she's soaking with sweat and her face is all red, but then she can put that in one box and then she can go and- Get totally glammed up and look back. And look in an art box, right? And that's just, a, it's just another example of all of these pressures that women have, that maybe guys don't, and especially younger uh, girls or women. And we're going to do a bit of talking about that to, to show these people that it's okay in this 
social media world to be? I had my own schooling on that as well. Like, um, what was it last year? Yeah, I was still in the office with former maternity leave, um, and I've got eczema, and it has different flares up, and it's on my face, and it's something I've always been quite self-conscious about, and that would mean that I would never leave the house without makeup on. Which, if you've got a breakout of eczema that's totally raw and sore and itchy and very dry, well, one makeup doesn't help it. Right, I think it probably makes it worse. And two, still doesn't look that great because then all the makeup's cracked inside your skin, right? Yeah. So it's a bit of a lose-lose situation, but it made me feel like I had a mask on and that I was covered. Because um, it would maybe take some of the red inflammation down rather than me just walking about really dry. Yeah. Um, and I remember sitting um, with the international team and one of the ladies that was in the team had mentioned she had, I don't know what it was, but it was like a, like a breakout on her lip. Yeah, yeah. Um, stress involved, I don't know if it was eczema or whatever, but I just know it was there. And she had made a passing comment that she'd just stop wearing makeup. I was like, I can't believe you, like somebody would come to work without their face on, right? Yeah. Not, and I, let me stress this, not in a bad way, in a real um, inspired, like, again, a wee bit mind-blowing, like, I could never do that. Yeah. And then she was like, well, why not? Great coaching question, right? Why? And I, actually, I, have, I don't have an answer for you. I yep. can't tell you. Yep. Do you know what I mean? See, after that conversation, I gradually put, took my makeup off. Yep. Like, so I wouldn't wear as much. Like, I didn't need lipstick on. I could wear Vaseline. Like, and eventually I can go out and I can leave the house. And especially after having my son, yep. it's time to put on a full face. Yep. So, mascara is what makes me feel a bit more awake. Okay. Eyebrows. Me too. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yep. So, that's the bare minimum. But I will leave the house without foundation on. And my skin is so much better. KP would be proud of me. Yeah? yeah. Right? So I follow her on um, Facebook as well. But absolutely, there's a massive presence of looking a certain way. And in a, in a way, I understand where you're coming from about the extra pressures on women. I think there is extra pressures on women. I... I I'm probably not researching enough really to tell you my honest opinion on that because I think there's probably pressures on men that we've not discovered or we don't discuss. Yep, yep, no, yeah. absolutely. Yep, um, I, that as well. I do, as a woman, know the pressures that are on like, women and how a lot of women will view some of the social media. And actually, beginning of this year, I came off social media altogether, yep. right? I came back home because I know that my business is going to be online-led. Yep, yep. Um, and it's my, my preferred method to get my message out there yep. and then see where it goes. But you're you're totally right. So that conversation with Tracy is going to be a great conversation. So what what is Gail Lively Coaching going to do for women? It's going to help them find their confidence, find their voice, um, break down some of those self limiting beliefs, um, to realise that they're they're not real. And I think that's a massive piece of information. We, a self-limiting belief is not easily identified because it's just what you know. And if you don't have a coach, you never really experience, like you more than likely won't find out that that's a belief that you have about yourself. So um, I'm just trying to think of an example. Like for me personally, like I'm a rubbish cook. Okay. Right? According to me, I'm a rubbish cook. Um, there's been lots of, like, I was really naive when I was young, right? I was just, like, wrapped in cotton wool. My friends, there's lots of stories about the cooking disasters that I've had. 
But do you know something? See, when you actually look at it and you look back on it, I've been telling myself I'm a rubbish cook um, forever. Because I, I think I tried to grill a pizza once. Um, yeah, true story. Um, I won't go into the other ones because it's actually quite embarrassing. Um, but in my head, I was a rubbish cook. But yet, every single time I ever made a full meal, people devoured it and told me it was great. Okay. Like, like first meal I cooked for Quentin was haggis lasagna, um, tiramisu, and I can't really remember what we had for the starter. And the reason I remember what the meal is is because I've very seldom cooked since, right? Just that idea. But it's because I'm a rubbish cook. Um, and I'm doing that in Bertrand Commons game. And actually, when I went to make that meal, it was right at the start of a relationship. It was for his birthday. And my brother-in-law, Derek, who's been in my family forever as well, um, he said to me, you've never cooked for me. And this new guy's getting a meal. So I made him a mini meal. Right, okay. right? And I took him a mini meal on the day I was going to Quentin's house to give him this. And he was like, game, that was like the best tiramisu. Did you make that? Did you honestly make that? And I was like, yeah. I was like, it wasn't hard. But I was just like... So it doesn't compute. That is a self-limiting belief. And part of that actually was born from the fact I never had to cook as a child. I watched my mum, my dad, my grands, even probably Claire. Like, I was always taken care of. So when I started cooking, I found it hard, which then got me quite stressed. And that's probably why one of the reasons Quentin still prefers to do the cooking. He is really good at it as well. But... He prefers to do it because I get wound up about it yeah. because I worry about the outcome, even though actually when I've done it, and even the girls, the girls come over for dinner and I made them dinner and they were all like, that was lovely and there was clean plates all round. So you think to yourself, where did that come from? How did I come through that? And then you make your new pattern. So yeah. I've already said to Quentin, and it's just been this year, I will cook more. Yeah. And this time, I actually know I will. And that, Not even believe I will. I know I will. That's something that people would look at as, as, a, as a, a sort of minor problem. But look at the effect that that can have on someone. So well, we, Quentin has to cook every single night. Yeah, so we'll if you... From his perspective, so it's actually a life... Like, he's cool because he works from home now and he's, like, he thoroughly enjoys cooking and has a flair for it. Yeah. Can you imagine if there was two of us and like two of me in this relationship? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so people, what I'm what I'm thinking there is, and again, it's not about underplaying that that example you gave, but you can see how that can affect people's day to day life. Something as, and I'll do the inverted commas here, sort of air quotes. Uh, some a simple problem like that. Uh, but when you amplify that to break up a long relationship, someone passing away, uh, people being ill, uh, and again, obviously, you're going to be concentrating on yep. confidence, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you're pretty much looking at helping people in any of those situations, I would imagine. Absolutely. So that's why it's a broad statement to say helping or, or uh, helping women or supporting women um, navigate through change because that change could be a multitude of things. Um, and you touched on a lot of them there, like, it's just, 
if women continuously go through life on autopilot and just being the provider, the mother, the best friend, and they don't stop to start looking at themselves, they're not going to be living the life they deserve. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Uh, they, might be sat they might personally, if that's their life and they are satisfied doing that, but I would question them, are you satisfied? What are you missing? What do you want more of? And if you want more of something, whether that's time for myself or more like laughs or more um, like more money, if it was um, talking about the, their careers and things like that, then a coach can help you achieve that. There'll be people that I work with and specifically um, women that I have worked with in the past, they come to me and they know what they want but have not achieved it. That is my specific journey. You mentioned earlier on about me, um, you always know that I've always had my job, I always look after my friends, my family, but I've always got something going on, like additional. And I have tried and tried to have my own business in something. And it's not happened, and it's only happening now because I've been able to address some of the things holding me back. I didn't know they were holding me back at the time. I can only tell you that now because I've been through the coaching journey. Okay. A uh, couple of last things I want to touch on and, and to take the podcast in a, just a slightly different uh, angle. I've, I've obviously always had Taekwondo and then built up a successful school. That's because I work after my work. This is something that I want to explore a wee bit with you because I wonder how many other people uh, are in this situation. So, and again, listen, everybody's circumstances are different. People, they work longer or they have to work longer. I'm exceptionally lucky with the day job that I've got. Uh, they, they maybe have to, the financial situation. I get that there's, I get that there's a different circumstances for everybody, right? So let me just be clear on that. Uh, but I wonder how many people go and work for somebody else. And that's what it is at the end of the day. You're, 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 you're working and you're making somebody else money or you're making somebody else more successful, come home and never find the time to explore their dreams or explore what they want to do. And again, listen, it might be that you come home and you fall on the couch because you're absolutely exhausted. I fully understand that. But I've never ever been like that and it could be lucky with it. Maybe it's just my attitude or maybe it's the day jobs that I've had. I've been exceptionally lucky, but as soon as I, as soon as I'm home, I'm chasing my stuff, uh, and you're obviously now doing that as well. But I think more people can do that. More people can have a podcast if they want. More people can start a business. More people can write a book. Mm -hmm. So, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think. Well, it shows another aspect of that lack of self-care and self-time when they're either coming in and falling on the sofa because they're shattered. Um, and I'm actually quite a sleepy person. Like, I personally need my sleep. And I don't know if it's because I have a thyroid problem or if it's just um, because my mind is always active that I'm exhausted um, by the end of the night. But, or the fact I'm pregnant, but in all honesty, I think it's that 
it's even just that realization and that's probably my first step do some inner work take some time out go and find a quiet spot that you can just even if it is on the move and you're going to walk but you don't have your children or your husband or your other half like your wife or whatever it is there to distract you and you just go down the road of asking yourself some questions um like how how has my day been Um, see for somebody who maybe doesn't like speaking in public like they don't if their boss asks them a question they get quite tied up about giving the answer because they don't like that then maybe they should consider oh when was the last time I had a conversation with somebody that I'm comfortable with and how did that feel what went well with that like it's questions that you would ask yourself Um, and the reason that I'm saying do that inner work do that reflection is because that's what starts the process of you considering another way because yep. if you're just always on autopilot you're you're fixed to what you do um and there's so many like so much good will be coming from that i take like if you're like as you mentioned mother and you're looking after your kids you've got your husband or your wife and um, you're you're just on the goal like you're doing good at work or you're not doing great work but you're actually you're still managing yeah yeah you're tired when you come in, as you would be, because you're going to then play with the kids, do family life, have dinner, bath, bed, all that jazz, and then you start again the next day. But if you can find that quiet spot, whether it's over lunch, and not go on your phone and go on to Facebook and all the rest of it, it is actually trying to do a wee bit of mindfulness um, in the respect you're giving yourself space. But your task that you're tasking yourself with is something productive instead of, um, and it's not mental, it's not productive. You get what I mean by that. Yeah. But productive in the respects of how am I? What am I? What's my life like? Am I am I doing all right? Like am I okay? What do I want to achieve? Is there anything I want to achieve? Do you know what I'm I would just love to be able to go for a bath on a Sunday, like on my own without the kids like yeah. swimming about me and like coming in to pester me or actually I'd love to do my own podcast, I'd love to have my own business, I don't have time for that. And as soon as they go, I don't have time for that, why have you not got time for that? Yeah. How? And then it's about, like, well, if you work with a coach, you would look at, well, how do we make time for that? Because there is time, it's just... Going back to that female point of view, and again, it's, I'm always, I, I don't think I'm chauvinistic in any way. People might disagree with that, because I say stuff that, I think it's complimentary or and maybe some people would, would, would see it as being chauvinistic, but I I actively encourage and again I'm using the word wife, but it could be partner, it could be boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever relationship you're it's maybe because I, I, I do it for myself, but I actively encourage Tracy to contact you guys, to see you guys to have her own personal training, to go out with you guys as often as she wants, et cetera, et cetera. And again, that's purely because I I know how important it is that she's not always a mother, that she's not always a husband, that she's not always... That she, there has to be a time where, where women, but, de- but men as well, men as well definitely. are just them. People have to be more selfish yeah i think you get more from being able to give yourself that space um to do whatever you want to do to do your own thing is basically what you're saying yeah. to have your own interests and your own ways of working but the people around you also benefit from that 
Like you get that boost of independence and of achievement. And that's what you, I mean, you want your children to have those kind of things. You teach them to have those things. Like Taekwondo, what an amazing way to take a child through something that not only like instills like um, discipline and commitment, but like other values like friendship, kindness, um, confidence, massive part of it. An achievement, so not even achievement just because they get through their belts, but achievement because they are consistently improving on something and that is brought to their attention. We teach our children that. Yeah. When does that stop? Because all of a sudden, you don't make time for yourself and you become about other people. And that's a lovely and really nice thing to want to do. Yeah. Those other people that you're now serving would get more from you if you looked after yourself in the same way. Yeah, that, that's where I, I, I sometimes feel that I, I don't want to always talk about that because when it circles back round, there, there is, if, 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 if Tracy is as independent as she is, then it means that, that my wife, partner, again, it could be husband, boyfriend, whatever the relationship is, that, that's going to have benefits to the people that you love because I don't want her to be someone who lacks confidence and who feels worn down and et cetera, et cetera. I want her to be free-spirited and confident and independent because that's going to have benefits for her, but also has benefits for me, she would want, and for her child and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, right, so we're, we're, we're an hour and a half in. The time, the time always flies. Uh, two, two last wee bits, or maybe, maybe sort of three just very quick things. Just sum up again exactly what uh, Gail Lively Coaching is going to be. Uh, let us know how people can start to follow you on your different social media handles. And then the third thing would be just any sort of pattern message that you would, you may or may not want to leave people listening with. Okay. Right, so just sum up for us again. Uh, this is your moment to get in is any information that you want to get into the people listening. What is Gail Lively Coaching? So Gail Lively Coaching is um, my coaching brand to help women navigate through life changes, um, like we've been speaking about, and it would enable them to develop their inner strength, to live confidently with clarity, um, and really be authentic and centred to their, their true selves. Um, so that's what I do. I do that through having conversations um, and really listening to the individual, whether they've said something verbally, if they've said it um, like physically through body language or even what's maybe not said is also very important to listen to. Um, it will open up your mind to, it's when, when a woman really knows that, or is unsatisfied with something, but she really knows she wants something more. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Um, and she deserves more. She should have more. It's what the more is that she's looking for, or what's less of, because in some cases it's, I want less of that in my life. Yeah. Um, I'm there to help you, to help you break through those self-limiting beliefs that prevent you from achieving the life that you're looking for. Um, so that's really Gail Lively. 
Okay. Yep, um, yep. Summed up into a sentence or two that we can fit onto the podcast. Um, I think you really need to follow me because that will give you much more sense of who I am and what my journey's been, and you will be able to make your own journey through that. So we've got gail.lively.coaching on Instagram and on Facebook. If you want to get in touch, you can just um, click the button that says send a message. You can get in touch with me. I'm sure my phone number is on there as well, um, as, as is my email. Um, just yeah. to repeat that one more time, gail.lively.coaching. Yep, that's right. Right, okay. Uh, right, so sometimes this works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, no pressure, but just leave us with, and it can be something personal to you, or something about your, your new service. What's the last thing you want people to hear on the podcast about what what Gail's about? What Gail's about? Or, or what your what your, your new business is about or yeah, what what something positive for us. Oh you put me on the spot now. I know I always do. I always do. I was I went on my phone to see um I had saved a quote but it's not the quote that I want to use. Um What's the most important thing that, that uh, okay, here's a question. What's the most important thing that we should be trying to achieve for ourselves? I think that is totally subjective to the individual. That's exactly the answer I wanted, yep. So I think um, if- I'm so happy you said that, because that's what I was thinking. Well, if you're sitting at home and you want to know more about what Gail Lively Coaching can bring to you, then your first protocol is to come and follow my page, right? Because yeah. you will understand more. It will open your mind to other possibilities just by following. So I 100% plan to be providing content absolutely free, just me being me, yeah. um, that will help guide you to the start of your journey of where you want to be. But I know for a fact that if you're sitting there at home or walking or in the car listening to this podcast and you come off or stop driving or whatever and you follow my page, even if you're not sure if there's a change you want to make, by the time you've started to connect with me and watch what I'm posting, you'll have made up your mind if there's something you want to work on or not. That is entirely going to be up to you. But I know for a fact I have truly benefited from coaching and NLP techniques and mentoring and training. It's all been there. And I know that if I'm one person, and even if I help one person else, like someone, one other person, yeah. I know I've done my job. Yeah. Like, and it, it's such a powerful experience. So I would probably leave it there. Perfect. Come and follow my page, gail.lively.coaching. Brilliant. Okay, Gail, you're a star. Uh... Okay, guys, um, if it's listening, this will be, we recorded this on Saturday morning, but you'll be live probably towards the end of the week. You guys are listening. Right, okay, Gail, we'll sign off there. Uh, Hopefully. Well done. Okay. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.